When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slam me. Ego. Slam me. Ego. Slam me. Ego. Slam me. Hey. Hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slam me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 397 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here with a special guest, John Schaefer, San Diego Sports 760, John and Jim, wrap-up show. A lot of different stuff. John, thanks so much for coming on, man. Ben, I appreciate you having me. Always good to be with you. Uh, excited to talk some some San Diego sports and Padres baseball. Yeah, of course. So first off, we'll get to Michael Walker. We'll get to Manny. We'll get to everything Padres. Uh, but I just wanted to show the audience, the YouTube audience, uh, the shirt that I'm rocking today. I think Jim yes. is not going to be a fan of it, but Jim is you know an what? idiot. I don't, I don't um, care if Jim's a fan because I'm a fan of that. The Jim's an idiot wrap-up show t-shirt. Um, it's nice to see it out in the wild. It's nice to see you wearing that. Um, I think Jim actually owns that shirt as well, so I don't think he'd be offended, but I like that look, dude. I think it, it works, especially today, because yesterday on the AI show, yes. uh, it sounded like Jim was not an idiot there, and then when the real Jim came, he was making some mistakes and just it just was like, yeah, the AI gym might be a little bit better, you know? I mean, maybe we could just like, do we even need Jim? Because with this new AI software, we can just use his voice anytime we want to use his voice. So 
I mean, look out, Jim. Look out. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna <laughs> not not have a job maybe in a little bit and just have <laughs> just have the wrap up show. All right. Getting to Michael Walker. So last night obviously was amazing. I mean, it was really fun watching him pitch. Almost had a no hitter through seven innings in the eighth inning. Obviously, I think two pitches into the at bat, the single to right. Uh, but he pitched tremendous. And so far this year, I don't know if he's exceeded expectations, but for maybe some casual fans, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, same with Seth Lugo. Like there's been a couple down outings, but both of them I think have been really good for the Padres and kept the Padres in games and sometimes been the reason why they've won games because uh, the, the offense was not that great last night. It was taking you know advantage of the mistakes a lot of mistakes from the Royal starting pitcher, Brad Keller. But do you think Waka, Lugo, do you think they can continue this throughout the whole season? Specifically Waka. I think Lugo at some point is going to move to the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I think that the combination of the two are going to be really important for this team because it's one thing to have a good front of a rotation. It's another thing to have depth in your rotation, which at times has plagued the Padres in, in recent years. I like the depth that they have right now. And I would throw in someone like Ryan Weathers that has yo-yoed up and, you know, back and forth between AAA and the big leagues, because I think he's improved from what we saw a year ago. Um, yeah. I mean, Waka's changeup last night was, was unbelievable. Um, the fact that he is able to do that on a night where they needed that is important for me. Like he was a stopper, right? Because yeah. if he doesn't come out and pitch well last night, if he goes five innings, the last five runs, well, the Padres probably don't win the game since they only scored four runs in the game. But I think overall he's been very effective. I think Seth Lugo, to your point, I'd be surprised if he threw the innings required to make the 30-something starts this year. And we'll see about Waka as well because he's had some health concerns. But listen, the rotation is a reason why the Padres haven't been further buried, right? I mean, they're 20-22 right. and 22 with a very good rotation. If this pitching was not living up to expectations, you know, they could be six, seven, eight games under 500. The pitching has kept him in it. I think the pitching eventually is going to carry the day. And hopefully when they really get rolling, yeah, the offense is going to have to improve, but it's going to be because of the starting pitching that we've seen for the better part of the first seven, eight weeks. Yeah, Musgrove's been better. Darvish has been better. Uh, Snell has even yeah. been good, uh, especially for the first half of the season, Blake Snell. Like, that's not who we were expecting, especially with the way he started the season. So, yeah, they've been good. I think the bullpen's been good um, overall. I mean, there's been some struggles as of late, but – they're not going to be perfect. They were like Bob Melvin was saying, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that bullpen if the offense is not going to step up. And moving to kind of the offense, obviously it's a big reason why they went one and seven in that stretch leading into last night's series opener against Kansas City. Bob Melvin, he called out the team after the Minnesota series. Do you think that he played that card a little too early in the season, being it middle of May? And you were going into a Dodgers series, maybe do it, you know, after getting swept by the Dodgers, going into a Royal series, not going into Dodger Stadium. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I think he's got a good I think the best trait or one of the best traits of Bob Melvin is probably his ability to read his clubhouse and like to to deal with personalities. Like I think he's done very well with the personalities in that clubhouse over the last two seasons. And I think the reason he ultimately chose to do it then is because he probably had been thinking to do it even earlier. But, you know, how soon is too soon was probably a question that he was weighing in his mind. And they just had not been playing well. Um, so I'm okay with it. I mean, I don't think you can do it every single day. You know, you probably can only do it a couple of times over the course of a year. It worked out really well last September. 
for Bob Melvin. Um, I think at times he can be fiery, which I kind of like. I mean, maybe less of that you're seeing today in his 60s than you would have seen maybe when he was managing when he was in his 40s. But I'm okay with it. I mean, clearly they didn't respond initially to it, but that doesn't mean they won't get the message over the long term. You know, they may have gotten the message. It doesn't mean you're automatically going to flip a switch and beat the LA Dodgers. So let's see how they play. Um, I think to some extent it was overdue. Um, and we'll see if they're able to, you know, respond to what he what he had to convey. If you had to put the blame on one person in this offense right now, I think it's Manny, right? Like the OPS plus, I was looking at it this morning, 84. His career OPS plus is 125. So we could point to Soto's early struggles and Bogarts has not been great as of late. Jake Cronenworth has not been great as of late. I think he had he's had one hit. Um I forget what how many at bats, but he's hitting under 100 in a certain past amount of games. It's it's not been great for him, but heavy is the head that wears the crown, like you like <laughs> to say, uh, and AI John like to say. Yeah, um, I, I think it has to be on Manny, right? Uh, it's got to be. I mean, it absolutely. You know, I, I mean, the the way Manny has played here these first six or seven weeks of the season is a bit of a surprise. But I, I I'm unwilling to say that what we've seen is what we will see, if right. that makes sense. Like, there's way too much baseball in front of this team and this player for him to continue to perform like this. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens, how he responds to getting hit on the hand yesterday. The good news, right. it sounds like, is he avoided anything of significance. If it's a yep. day or two, it's a day or two, and that's not an issue. Um, at some point, Manny Machado is going to play like the player we saw a year ago. I mean, there's no reason to expect anything else. There just isn't. I don't know if he's going to be the same player that he was last year where he was capable of finishing second in MVP voting. But, you know, he, he has not performed, and that's putting it lightly. He's been one of the worst performers in the National League. When you look at OPS among regulars, he's still bottom 10 among regulars in OPS in the National League. That, that's not Manny Machado. That's going to end. I don't know when, though. You know, is it going to be in May? Is it going to be at some point? This summer, and there is something, it's simple, maybe it's sim too simplistic or simplifying it, but there is something to be said, like, as Manny goes, the team goes. We've said mm -hmm. that a lot over the years. So he's going to heat up, which means the team is going to play better baseball. They've been able to, quote-unquote, survive him not playing well to start the season. It's a matter of time. Let's just hope it comes sooner as opposed to later for Machado. Yeah, his post-game comments in that Dodger series Sunday, kind of like, yeah, things are going to turn around. If we lose, we lose. That's pretty much kind of what he was saying, his mentality. And that's just who Manny is. He's not going to get too pissed off talking to the media, really. Like, we're just going to play baseball, just playing baseball. He loves that and loves joking with Kevin and all that. Did you have a problem with his response there? And Friday, I believe after Friday's game, declining comment uh, to the media, just pretty much saying he didn't really have anything. I was fine with both of those instances, Friday and then Sunday. Like, if he doesn't have anything, he'll talk at some point. I know it might be a bad look to decline comment, but you, have to, you just have to play better at that point. Like, what is there to say? Right. Like, well, we're going to turn it around. Like, that's what Manny said Sunday. So you were expecting that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I think to some extent it feels like he's been quieter than he would normally be over the course of a season. But maybe that's just me reading too much into it because of the way – He's been playing. I'm, I'm fine with him. If he has no comment, he has no comment. That's his right. And then his comments Sunday, I always like his, his honesty and his transparency. You know, it's not what every player around baseball would say. I mean, the fact that he said on Sunday, hey, we may win on Monday, we may not. But, you know, kind of talk to me at the end of the season and let's see where we stack up. 
I respect that. And I understand his point. His point's valid. I mean, we can dissect it each and every day, like you do on Talking Friars, like we do on the wrap-up show in John and Jim. The truth is there's an element of that that is very consumable for fans, but there's a part of it from a player's perspective where you are working for the entirety of the season. You know, it's not just about one game. It's about one game and the next and consistency and getting through highs and lows of a year. At the end of the season, the numbers will speak for themselves. If Machado at the end of the year is hitting 280 with 30 home runs, that's the player that he was. Um, and if Manny Machado is playing better baseball in September and October, that's the type of baseball that will benefit the Padres the most. So I understand it from a player's perspective. I also though get it from a fan perspective, which is, hey, we're watching, we're supporting, we're spending our money, we're filling this ballpark, and we're not getting what we think we should be getting from this team and some of these players. So there's two sides to the coin. It still is only the middle of May. There's a ton of baseball in front of this team. Um and I still have faith, and I think a lot of Padres fans do, that you know what's to come is going to be better than what we've seen to this point in 2023. Yeah, and you talk about the fan support and just the ticket sales and all that. Like Sunday, you know, the guys laughing in the dugout as they're getting swept. Mm-hmm. Like that's a bad look. But still, I was like, well, it's a long season. If you're going to look at it from the player's point of view, yeah, they're pissed off that they got swept. Manny talking about after the game, we're pressing. Yeah, we want to win a game. Yeah, but it is a long season, and you can't be pissed off the entire season or it's going to be a miserable season. And sometimes that's like the worst thing for players, right, is to be pissed off because when you're pissed off, you probably feel like you're pressing even more than you should be. Uh, and you're, you're just – just the, the mental grind of a baseball season, especially if you're going to act pissed off all year. I don't think that's going to bode well for the players, right? I agree, but there's still a qualifier, which is like there has got to be an appropriate time to do it. If you're joking and laughing and it's the first inning of a scoreless game against the Dodgers and you've lost four straight, it's more understandable to me than literally two outs in the ninth inning. I mean, literally with two outs in the ninth inning, Someone needs to kind of bite their lip. I mean, among that group of four that were all laughing, I'm surprised that nobody fully didn't react to it, if that makes right. sense. Right, because like, Manny was sitting the there. Room. Manny was sitting on the left, and he kind of looked over he and smiled. Of, he yeah, smiled, he kind of but was he wasn't like, like fully yeah. laughing. You know, I agree. And Crony, I thought, Crony, I think when he, he either grounded out or something, they were showing him walking back to the dugout, and he was yeah, he, he was cursing. Yeah, like yeah. he was he was pissed. So yeah, it's it's different with guys with other guys. I think. I mean, Soto and Tatis, we we've seen them pissed off before. And Soto in the Dodgers series, he popped up one time with a runner in scoring position, and he slammed his helmet down. Like they get pissed off, but just overall their personalities, they like to joke, they like to have fun, they're smiling all the time. Yeah, which at the end of the day is fine. I mean, it's not a reflection on Juan Soto as a player if he's joking in that spot. I'm not saying that Juan Soto is, you know, taking these games lightly or taking right. his start to the season lightly, which he's now completely turned around. For me, it's a bit too much. We didn't make a huge deal out of it. I really didn't. I just, I would, if someone asked me about it, I would say, you know, I don't personally like it in that spot. If you've won four straight and you're losing in the ninth inning, four nothing, okay. It's a little more understandable. I get it. It's only May. You're right. It's 162 games. We're not asking. This isn't, you know, this shouldn't be treated with ridiculous levels of seriousness. I mean, this is baseball. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they certainly should be able to be the players they want to be. I just thought in that spot, it was a optically really bad look. Yeah. 
All right, everyone listening to Talking Friars episode 397 with John Schaefer. This episode brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries, gaglionebros.com. They're also available at Peco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Um, staying with Manny, you know, entering the Royal Series, I was looking on the baseball reference page of just like 2023 Padres, and you look at the war, Manny is not on the leaderboard. Hmm. Brett Sullivan was ahead of Manny on there. Wow. He was in the top twelve. The top twelve. Mm-hmm. So it just shows how poor of a start Manny has gotten off to, and that made me like immediately think, man, what would the discussion be? What would John and Jim be talking about opening shows if Manny had not signed the extension and he was playing like this? Great question. What would what would the discussion be? I mean, it would be like, wow. Should the Padres be giving an 11-year extension to Manny Machado? And I would say yes, but that would just be weird, right? Well, no, it's a good point. I mean, two things we'd be saying. We'd say how much is the looming decision or his looming free agency weighing on his start to the season? And then secondarily, you'd say, well, is this the player you want in a Padres uniform beyond, you know, the next five years? Is this someone you should be extending out or not? It's... It is interesting. I thought the timing really was going to work out well for the Padres because I thought they were putting a distraction to the side in spring training and saying, you know what, let's just concentrate on winning in 2023. And once they got that deal done, and then they did the Cronenworth early extension, Bogart's in the fold for a long period of time, getting Tatis back. Soto's still a year out before you really have to worry about it. I felt as if they could solely concentrate on winning in 2023. For whatever reason, Machado hasn't hit. There's a myriad of possibilities as to why. And you and I can't fully get to the bottom of it because we're not in those conversations. There may be a level of, there may be a single specific reason that we're unaware of that someone in the organization or Manny Machado is aware of. I think there's a few things you could you could talk about. Kevin Acey's written about this level of potential complacency that's kind of gone through the clubhouse with their expectations that they should almost like fall out of bed and win that they've got so much talent that it'll just turn over at some point. You know, is he bothered by something that he would never lead us on to believe? He sat a couple of days this year. He's had this quote-unquote tweaked back, I want to say. Now, he's played very well in the field, but fielding is not hitting, right? I mean, there are different muscles in use, in whether you're in the field or in the batter's box. So, Or is it just mentally, or is it just baseball? I don't think it's quote-unquote baseball. I don't think it's he's hitting the ball hard, and his batting average on balls in play is low. Mm-hmm. I think there's more to it than that. Maybe some of it is mental. Maybe some of it is physical. And maybe some of it is baseball. And maybe some of it is 162. And for whatever reason, he just hasn't turned it on as of yet. It is perplexing. 42 games is a lot. If it was 20 games, you say it's 20. But I've seen this guy have good 20, 30, 40-game stretches. And to have a bad 40-game stretch is a little bit hard to understand. I still believe it'll be turned around. I just don't know when it's gonna when it's gonna happen. And by the way, Ben, as you know, his May's been better than his April, yeah. although he's tailed off here with the Dodgers series and they're getting hit um, last night. But his May has been better than April. Right, definitely. Getting back to the contracting, this question just kind of popped ahead. Was do you think that the the Manny extension that was more of a Seidler thing, and the Dick Cronenworth extension maybe was more of a front office? type of thing i think Seidler still wanted to uh, you know reward jay Cronorth. not saying that he didn't but Seidler, you know 
there was the Kevin Acey report, how the pod so far apart, and then Seidler, you know, got to Peoria, and it was like a deal was done. It just felt like Seidler was like, yeah, we're getting this done. And with Crawworth, eh, maybe front office was like, yeah, let's. this guy needs to be here. Yeah, I could see that. I could, Ben. I mean, first of all, I credit Seidler for his willingness to extend Manny Machado to that deal. We'll see how it works out, but what's your alternative? No Padre fan um, wants... Can, uh, including today, with the way he has played, nobody wants him to walk after 2023. Nobody's willing to say the next 10 years of his career are going to be what we've seen over the last 40-plus games. So Peter Seidler's ability to get that deal done benefits the Padres organization now and long-term, even if there have been short-term losses with the way Machado has played. And then the Cronenworth deal, I think, is just a good baseball move. I know mm-hmm. he hasn't performed to start this year, but you're getting a guy in his prime that plays now a corner at roughly 10-ish, 11-ish a year, and that's a, that's a pretty decent value. I mean, that's a value for a veteran player in his prime for a winning team that's going to play every day. So to your point, I think Seidler signs off on both of them. I think Seidler probably pushes the Machado deal through because that's the deal he wants to sign. I just think the Cronenworth deal is a good baseball decision for a team that's trying to win now and in the future as well. Right. Last Padres question here. If, you know, one to 10, 10 being like you're really worried, uh, worry of the Padres missing the postseason. Mine is like not even at a five, probably like a three. Like I'm not worried at all. Um, I'd probably be just a tick higher than that, Ben. I'm similar. I'd probably be a four. I'm not concerned. I think they'll make the postseason. I think there's plenty of time for this team to go on a real run. They've already done it once. We kind of forget they had that nine and four run. With Tatis, there's no reason to think that that's not replicatable multiple times. And you can look at the schedule. I've been critical of people that say schedule, 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 early, early, early. The truth is there should be some some periods of time in the schedule that they take advantage of. And maybe we're in one right now, starting the series against the Royals. Maybe we're not. But the season is so long that they only need one or two, you know, six and one weeks. 10 and two, two week periods to all of a sudden be 10, 12, 14 games over 500. They won 89 games last year and they were quote unquote comfortably in. I mean, they were in by three or four games. So they didn't need 89 wins to get in. The, the, the one, the reason I'm somewhat measured or concerned would be I look at some of these projections now. You look at some of the baseball prospectus, uh, fan graphs, wherever you can find it. Um, and, you know, there's some projection sites that have the Padres now in a mid 80s threshold, anywhere from like 84 to 90. Which, by the way, that full gamut might be enough for the Padres to get into the postseason. I said it yesterday. I mean, they had to close 70 and 51 to get to 89 wins. That sounds somewhat daunting. Now it's 69 and 51. They'd have to go um, 70 and 50 to close to have a better record than last year. I mean, that's a pretty good record over 120 games, but they're capable of doing it. There's no reason to think they're not capable of doing it unless all of a sudden we look up and it's July 4th and this team is still under 500. I don't think they will be under 500 on July 4th, but it'll be interesting to see how many games over 500 they will be by then. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, because at the beginning of the year, some were saying maybe the team wins 100 games. And that is mm-hmm. what? You know, almost 40 games over 500. So I think, you know, talent-wise, like it's there to do it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be definitely tough, I think, uh, to continue playing so well pitches with the rotation and all that but also offense you know if they can turn it around I mean that would that would definitely help pitching as well um getting to let's get to San Diego State so I know Jim doesn't want to talk about it so we'll talk about it here I'm glad you do <laughs> um going to the Pac-12 or maybe even the the Big 12 like what is the latest on this I mean we've heard like nothing on this is there Apple TV involved? Do you know, like, where would this be, the TV contract? When is that even going to happen? Well, I do think, to your point, it has slowed down considerably, at least in the public eye. But I do think we're heading towards a pretty hard deadline of June 30th. Because if San Diego State doesn't notify the Mountain West of their intention to leave the league by June 30th, they basically are committing to the league for another year in all likelihood because their buyout fee goes up threefold from – whatever the number is in the 10, 15 million range, which maybe is negotiable. I'm not sure to 30, 40, 45 million. So clearly San Diego state's not in the interest of, of paying triple the amount to exit the mountain West. So I think June 30th is a real and absolute deadline, which means you're looking at before June 30th. It wouldn't be announced literally the day you'd have to leave the league. I wouldn't think. And here we are in the middle of May. I mean, you're basically six weeks. You've got six weeks for this to play out. And I think San Diego State is the most desirable non-Power 5 candidate to make the leap to a Power 5 league. There are so many reasons it makes sense. There are I can't really name a reason why it doesn't make sense, to be honest, from the Pac-12 perspective. I could probably say the same thing from a Big 12 perspective. It's just for the Pac-12 to not have SC and UCLA. They've got this cavernous void in Southern California. San Diego State's done it all the right ways with the new stadium, with winning, with the academic investments. I mean, there's just no reason, there's no real reason unless you just don't like San Diego State, right? If you're not a fan of San Diego State, but if you're looking at this logically, there's no reason the Pac-12's future should not include 
San Diego State. But to your point, they need to get a TV deal done. They've obviously had some issues closing it. I think it'll be a combination of both linear television, right? What we typically watch, ESPNs or Foxes of the world, maybe some broadcast networks like a CBS or an NBC. And I think there's probably going to be a level of streaming in there, maybe an Apple, potentially an Amazon. I think Apple is more likely than Amazon. So we wait. I think the Pac-12, once they get a TV deal, will ultimately invite San Diego State. That's my personal belief. I also think there's a possibility that the Big 12, which has been super proactive and aggressive, is able to lure San Diego State, even if the Pac-12 shows interest in the Aztecs. So I think they have a little bit of leverage. I think they have some options. And I think it's going to play out. It's hard to be patient with this because it's taken literally a year since we found out about SC and UCLA. But we're getting towards the end of the process, I believe. I mean, my personal belief without inside information is that San Diego State is going to find out its fate and hopefully, you know, positively at some point in the next six weeks. And I mean, I, I feel that way, too, because of what J.D. Wicker has said He like in to Seth Davis, right? In The Athletic, he mm-hmm. pretty much said, like, it's going to happen. Um, the president, uh, Della De La Torre, she, I believe, she hinted at it at the San Diego State celebration um, at Snapdragon. So, like, it's going to happen, kind of like with the MLS. It's going to happen. We're just waiting for it to happen. So, definitely interesting to see when that does happen. Um with the MLS, so the latest, as we know of this morning, as when we're talking here, it's for anyone that doesn't isn't up to date. So there was a tweet that came out from, I believe, Two Balls and a Mic. They do a soccer podcast, I believe. Yep. And it was just breaking MLS to San Diego. It's happening Saturday, 7 p.m. at Snapdragon Stadium. It's going to be open to the public, an event. I don't know if Mohamed Mansour is going to be there. Probably should be uh, if you want to get off to a good start. Um and hopefully questions can be answered there and all that. And there's probably going to be announcement, hopefully Thursday. That's what Darren said yesterday on the Darren Smith show on San Diego sports, seven sixty. Um, what is your viewpoint on just the loyal and the MLS thing here? Cause some fans, they are welcoming it. Then some fans, they don't want to support it. There are some fans that are just kind of waiting and like you have to earn our support that way. I'm going to, I mean, I want this Mansoor group, like they need to show that they care about San Diego, obviously, but I'm going to root for both teams and support both franchises. I think the loyal, what they've done with the community is tremendous and building that up. I think they should have been given the opportunity to be the MLS team, especially with Landon Donovan and all that. Um, But it's not going to happen. The ownership group, Mohamed Mansoor and Saquon, like they have, like they, it's their choice. They're coming in $500 million expansion fee. They can do what they want with it. I definitely understand them wanting to do whatever they want with it because of how much money and how much time, financial resources that they're investing in this team and just support both. I mean, they're not in the same league and I'm team San Diego. That's how I feel about it. I mean, listen, you know, Ben, I'm not a expert on American soccer or soccer in general, but I do talk about this topic a lot on the radio because I think it resonates with San Diegans. And I think maybe not one, but go ahead. (laughs) What's that? 
maybe not one San Diegan who, you know, clicks right off of it, but But, go ahead. Yeah, potentially. (laughs) But I I do think it's going to resonate. And I think it, you know, I think the loyalty point have been successful. I think Major League Soccer is going to be successful. I think San Diego is is a great sports town that's completely underrated. And I think there's a chance for Major League Soccer to really thrive. Just like I think there's a wonderful opportunity for San Diego State's future as well in the Power Five. And they've already been highly successful, as we've talked about, in the Group of Five in the Mountain West in football and men's basketball. In in terms of the loyal and Major League Soccer dynamic, I I just don't have the aperture to fully – be able to talk on it other than to what your point was, which is I hope that they can both thrive mm-hmm. and both be successful. If that's the route that's ultimately taken where the loyal remain in USL and San Diego and a major league soccer team comes in and plays the Snapdragon stadium and they're not partnering in some way, I hope they're able to coexist. And I hope that both are able to have success. I think there'll be, um, I think there'll be, a level of um, fan that roots for both. I think there'll maybe be some fans that only root for the major league soccer team. And I think there'll be some fans that only root for the San Diego loyal. This I know is fact without knowing all the particulars of this. There are a number of San Diegans that have been enamored by the idea of major league soccer coming to the city for 30 years and have put a lot of effort into bringing major league soccer to our community. Now, Things have changed. Groups have changed. Times have changed. Teams have come in and out of the market. I do think at the end of the day, San Diego is an ideal market for this. I really do believe that. I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about the ownership group. I just don't. I don't know the particulars of what's going on behind the scenes. I'd be lying if I told you I knew the particulars of the ownership group of the San Diego Loyal or the San Diego Wave. Um, I do think ownership matters. And I think an investment in a community and in a team is of benefit. Look at all you have to do is look at the San Diego Padres and the LA Chargers to know the importance of ownership. So I, I would never say it doesn't matter, but I would also say that I want people to be fans. You know what I mean? I don't know everything about everything that is in my home. You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. about where this cap is made or anything about this sweatshirt. There's something about just be a fan. Um, that's how I look at it. You know, of course, we're going to want to know more about these groups and entities, but if major league soccer is coming to San Diego and people are excited, I, I don't think there's any reason to, to, you know, discount that. I, I think people should be excited that major league soccer is coming to San Diego. Count me as one of the people that's going to be excited to support major league soccer. That's just how I feel. It's how I felt when I first found out about the possibility of major league soccer, you know, six or seven years ago in San Diego. Um, and again, to, to the, as I run circles on it, I hope the loyal work out. I hope major league soccer works out. Truth be told, I've never been to a loyal match. I'm one of these casual soccer fans that probably has a stupid line of delineation in my head where I'm like, you know what? If it's major league soccer, I'll turn more of my attention in that direction. If it's not major league soccer, I won't. That's, that's stupid for some people, but that's how sports sometimes work as well. And I think the major league soccer team, you'll feel that a little bit. I think there'll be fans of this major league soccer franchise that probably haven't been fans of the USL and maybe it opens them up by the way to San Diego loyal soccer. So hopefully it's a win-win is my long way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like I want to give this ownership group a chance and I'm not going to sit here and bash that ownership group before really knowing who they are, what they stand for, if they're going to care about the San Diego community uh, and all that, by the way, just have any thoughts about a certain writer pretty much saying that essentially San Diego sports radio sucks. 
Not really, to be honest, man. I mean, Jim, I kind of agree. Jim's that guy. Jim's I, that I agree. Guy. He will it, have... it, I agree from my show's perspective. San Diego Sports Radio sometimes <laughs> does. I mean, you got you got to be able to laugh at some of this stuff. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I don't take this stuff seriously at all. Um, it it is what it is. People have opinions. I respect people's opinions. Uh, not everyone, by the way, consumes sports talk radio in San Diego. If you do, I'm sure you like some of it. You don't like other parts of it, and. No, I don't have anything to say about it, but Jim, I'm sure would. Yes. All right. John Schaefer from John and Jim, wrap show, San Diego Sports 760. John and Jim, you can catch them three to six weekdays, San Diego Sports 760. John, thank you so much for the time. Ben, appreciate it, man. Look forward to doing it again soon. All right, everybody. That's episode 397 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Talk to you all later. Go Padres. Go Padres.